Welcome to the Alliance Podcast. The Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance is the official public-private partnership for economic development in Broward County, Florida. On our podcast, we share interviews with guest speakers and other great content, keeping you in the know. Considering a relocation or expansion to Greater Fort Lauderdale? Visit us at lesstaxing.com or livewhereyouvacation.com. Now on to our program. My name is Dan Perez. I'm an award-winning filmmaker, photographer, video producer, and proud member of the Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance. I'll also be your host for this latest episode. And my guest is George Hanbury, president and CEO of Nova Southeastern University in Fort Lauderdale. President Hanbury, thanks for taking the time to chat with me. The first question is the easy one. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me a little bit about Nova Southeastern University. I'm George Hanbury, president of Nova Southeastern University and its CEO. As such, uh, I have been blessed to work with 5,000 employees and faculty members and staff members that are dedicated to the principles and the core values of NSU and work tirelessly day in and day out to see our vision and our mission fulfilled. Tell me about NSU. Where does it fit in amongst the other universities in Florida, South Florida? What are some of its uh, distinctive qualities? Nova Southeastern University was chartered in 1964 at 232 East Los Olas Boulevard in downtown Fort Lauderdale with a group who did not want their employees to have to go all the way to Tallahassee or Gainesville or, God forbid, 25 miles south to the University of Miami and wanted to create a graduate and professional program second to none right here in Broward County. And that's exactly what happened in 1964. Our first graduating class was in 1970 with 17 PhD students. And we have been ever since 1970 graduating more doctorates and professional students than any other university in Florida Today, we're still predominantly graduate and professional students. 70% of our 21,000 students are graduate and professional. So we have everything from the MD, the DO, dental, medicine, pharmacy, optometry, law, education, psychology, clinical psychology, business, but most of our students follow the disciplines that we have in the graduate program, which are in uh, the health professions. So today we have about 7,000 undergrads, 14,000 graduate students, with the largest private not-for-profit university in Southeast United States and the largest private not-for-profit university in the state of Florida, where now in the last uh, five years, we've jumped up over 45 spaces with U.S. News and World Report. In the state of Florida, U.S. News and World Report has us number three for private, not-for-profit universities. So University of Miami, Florida Institute of Technology, and Nova Southeastern University. I expect by 2025, We'll either be number two or watch out, UM, 
would be number one. Pretty good company to be in with those universities. Let's transition to business and the relationship with NSU and the Alliance. What are the dynamics in that relationship? Well, since we do have 5,000 employees, we have probably 23,000 students. We are a $2 billion balance sheet and about a $7 billion economic impact in the state of Florida. So as such, we're one of the largest employers, not only in Broward, but in the state. We are producing those individuals to help to attract and retain high-tech, biotech, and higher income jobs. President Hanbury, tell me about the results you've seen from the collaboration between business and education, especially here in Broward. Well, I think it's absolutely essential. All educators need to be involved in business, whether you're president of a university or the president of a college or in the pre-K through 12. Education is essential. Education is the only thing that will break the bonds and shackles of superstition and ignorance to raise ourselves and to see this country continue to remain competitive on a global scale. But education should never be thought of in a vacuum. And unfortunately, just what you said, a lot of people think, oh, that's education. That has nothing to do with business. You know, there's an old Jeffersonian phrase that theory and practice has to come together. The practice without theory or education or research is stagnant. But theory, education or academics, if it doesn't have practice, it is no more than an academic exercise. So if you keep the two in a vacuum, you remain stagnant in your business and you're nothing but an academic exercise if you're just a university. So as a knowledge-based industry, it's extremely important that the university participates in the goals, the missions, and objectives of the Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance. And we have done so ever since its existence and continue to do so. Explain to me this, President Hamburg, how does a fellow from Virginia, you know, end up here in South Florida to be a president of this university? Well, I grew up in Norfolk, Virginia, shipyard town. My father was a longshoreman. Uh, we, right out of the shipyard gates, I could see uh, the red lead paint coming up in the Navy, Navy town, it was, right on the Chesapeake Bay. But I had parents that taught me core values. Uh, those same core values I've exercised every place in which I've ever worked or lived, be a CEO. I, I went to Virginia Tech and I thought I was gonna go to become a lawyer. I started out in engineering because Sputnik uh, the Russians had put the first uh, satellite up and America was needed engineers. So that's what I started out. After two years, I realized I didn't want 
uh, <laughs> to be an engineer. And I told my father, who I was working at that time, my way through college out on the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel. I worked out there because we didn't have scholarships in those days unless you were an athlete. I was a pretty decent athlete, but not an athlete to get a scholarship. So uh, I worked out on Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel and it paid my way through Virginia Tech. And I told my father, Daddy, I don't want to be an engineer. I want to be a lawyer. And he looked at me and he said, well, it's a good thing you want to be a lawyer because you can't do a thing with your hands. Maybe you can do something with your mouth. <laughs> so that's how I started out. And I went through three more years of business. Was it a case of you saying, I need to get educated and, and find a better life for myself? Oh, well, I knew I didn't. My mother always said, George, if your father had had more education, he would have been in charge of the longshoremen instead of being a longshoreman. He did get to be a dock master. I'm assuming you're the first college educated in your family? Was there, was oh, there? No, I'm first to get out of high school in my family. So, uh, and I had, uh, my father had 12 brothers and sisters and my mother had eight. My father got to the third grade and my mother got to the 11th grade. And um, yeah, I was first in my family to get out of high school. And long story short, I uh, thought I was going to become a lawyer while I was sitting in accounting class. Debits on the left, credits on the right. John Kennedy was assassinated. And it wasn't his assassination, it was all of the program and the emotions of going through his inauguration. And in his inauguration, it was that famous line that made, it was almost like I was having an epiphany. It was, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. I was majoring at that time in business, but I also had an in interest in public administration. I, belong, I joined the American Society of Public Administration and the faculty member sponsoring us would bring in city managers who got hired and fired with enthusiasm. But they would always clean up a community, get rid of corruption, hire people based on their merit, not on their political contributions or their political effort to get somebody elected, but for good police, honest, fire, public safety, engineering in sewer, in water, in roads. You don't ask whether somebody is a Republican or a Democrat when they come to fix your toilet. And that's what public service at the local level. So it's the local level that I saw that I could make the greatest impact of giving back to my community, living and practicing the business principles and bringing those to local government. That's the whole council manager form of government where the city manager 
is hired not by one person, not the mayor, but by all of the council. So that that city manager <laughs> reports to the entire elected body representing all of the community and not just one person. That city manager in the council manager form of government is the chief executive. The chief executive is responsible for hiring and firing people based upon their job performance, their merit, or lack of it. And that, that's what I wanted to be. So I changed my mind from law and went into public administration. So I started out, I joined ICMA, International City Managers Association, and applied to every place and couldn't get a job anywhere. I was too young <laughs> or didn't have the experience. I couldn't get the experience because I was too young and I, I couldn't, <laughs> couldn't get any younger to get the experience, so six of one, half a dozen the other. Finally, I got hired in my hometown of Norfolk, Virginia, as an assistant city manager. And three years there, I got hired by the adjoining city as another assistant city manager, Virginia Beach. After eight years there, the city manager got fired. <laughs> And the city council hired me. Eight more years, the city council fired me. And I got hired by the adjoining city of Portsmouth, Virginia, who said they wanted to hire me for the same reason that I got fired in Virginia Beach. It was an economic development, attracting new businesses. And I stayed there another eight years. After eight years there, if you notice, I kind of set my own eight-year term limit after getting fired in Virginia Beach. City of Fort Lauderdale sent me a beautiful brochure. It was in February in the city of Portsmouth with two inches of snow on the ground, and there was a picture of sailboats anchored in the Los Olas Bight in Fort Lauderdale. This is 1989. And I told my wife, I'm either going to get fired here in Portsmouth or hired in uh, Fort Lauderdale. I did not know anyone. Fort Lauderdale City Commission put me through a series of battery of tests. We went through the application. I stayed there eight more years. Well, my predecessor, Ray Ferrero Jr., became the president of the university in January of 1998. He contacted me and said, George, I've been a practicing lawyer for 38 years. You've been a practicing city manager for 30 years. How would you like to come and do what you did at the city, bringing disparate groups together to accomplish a vision and a mission? I had just completed my PhD at FAU downtown, and I said, Ray, I'm all yours. So uh, that's a short history of 30 years of being a city manager in four different cities, having 
Good gracious, I guess about 50 mayors and 500 commissioners or council members, all in every city I enjoyed. I feel I did what I was hired to do. And that was in every city I served to make it a little better place to live. what John Kennedy said. You know what, changing our paths in life, you know, when we were sitting one, in one way and we realized, I, I wanna do this now, you know, at some point in our life. And then to take that journey and then get to this point where you're doing kind of exactly what you had dreamed you'd wanted to do as a, I guess a 20 year old at that time. How does that make you feel now knowing that you're now, you're living that promise to yourself or that goal, yet you've achieved it. And now you're making the difference in people's lives. Well, I think my mother would be proud. I, uh, I think that for 30 years, I did exactly what I considered to be a noble profession. I still do. I still do consider public service in spite of everything you read or see. I still think the council manager form of government brings professionalism to local government and ensures that you are getting qualified people of merit and not just politically based. So I think that still is a very noble profession. But what I've been doing here for the last 24 years now, so if you put the two together, the two careers are kind of... You're in three cycles of eight now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the, uh, and the last, now this is going on my, uh, my 11th year as president at the university and 20, as I said, 23rd, 24th year at NSU and 30 years as city manager. As noble of a profession I thought those 30 years were, what I've done these last 23, 24 years, and especially these last 10 or 11 years, to have the opportunity to sit at the table with young men and women, and not only help create their knowledge and expand their knowledge through the faculty, but to be able to sit at the table and help them create values. Values that they will make a difference in their lives, just like I feel like I've tried to make a difference in other people's lives. So I think what I've been doing since I've been at NSU is indeed the most noble thing I've ever done. I have one final question for you, Dr. President Hanbury. It's far too late for me. What is the secret of the glorious white hair that you have? <laughs> My mother. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance podcast. Please subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on social media at GFL Alliance. And for business relocations or expansions in Greater Fort Lauderdale, visit us at lesstaxing.com or livewhereyouvacation.com.